You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we go any further that the SB Nation NFL Show is presented to you by our friends at DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. As noted, this is TJ Football on the SB Nation NFL show. A uh, few kind of housekeeping things to kind of tend to before we get into the show. Uh, my name is RJ Ochoa. His name is Brandon Lee Gowden. His name is Steven Serta. We are all together for the first time in a hot minute. Steven, you brought cupcakes for the occasion. What is the the icing flavor that you have chosen for us today um red velvet mm. i think that that is the 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 flavor of the um the breading in cupcakes i don't know that there's an icing that can be flavored that way i feel like why not i think you could pull that off i'm i'm not a baker i really don't know but i feel like when you see red velvet cupcakes more often than not the red velvet portion is the the cake you know not the icing but Stephen, you're an ambitious person, so I respect uh, you uh, shooting for the stars. Brandon, the other housekeeping note we have to tend to is it is the week of Thanksgiving. This is TGI football. You love to say TGIF. It's not F. It's Wednesday for us. It's November mm. 22nd. We're recording this ahead of time. Do you feel like a fraud? <clears throat> I never feel like a fraud. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's good to know. It's been a jam-packed <laughs> week uh, around our universe uh, obviously, BLG, you cover the Eagles. Steven, you cover the Chiefs. You both are coming off of the Monday night game. Uh, I cover the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving Day. Um, but we are all together for the first time since we set our first ever same game parlay that hit, Steven. And not only did we set one that hit, but we didn't set one together the following week because BLG was out and we did it with justice. But the next time that we did it, which was last week, we hit again. We're riding a two game, same game parlay streak, Steven. Look at us. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually the first time we hit one, I stopped looking at those. So I wasn't really keeping track of them because they had been so bad. And then last week, I actually looked at it. I also put $5 on it just for the hell of hey. it. And so I Look saw that you. it hit. I was like, nice. hell yeah. Well done. It only uh, took we... a season and a half for us to finally get it down. <laughs> But you know what? We're making up for it. We're riding a streak. Right. You know what I mean? Like at this point, um, so uh, we will have our uh, our pick three segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook as well. Um, in fact, we might as well do that now because this is not a conventional TGIF. We are not reviewing a Thursday night football game. We will not obviously be discussing the Thanksgiving Day games because those are happening in the future for us, but the past for you, our loyal listeners. So our same game parlay is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Steven, we are using the Black Friday game, the game happening later on today for the audience. The Miami Dolphins visiting the Aaron Rodgers list, the Zach Wilson list, New York Jets. Uh, what do you want to do? What leg do you want to take here as we go for three in a row? This is a weird game. Um, you know, the Dolphins coming off of a bye uh, haven't been quite the same explosive offense the last couple of games. And, you know, they did that against the Chiefs defense, which is really good. But then they also weren't very explosive against the Raiders defense. So I'm kind of I, I don't know how I feel about the Dolphins right now, but their defense is playing better. And I, I don't know what the Jets are going to have in Tim Boyle, but I feel like the safest thing in this game in general is Brees Hall and Brees Hall is still a dynamic player. He's still a really talented running back and he's been really good in the passing game. So, you know, them being down to their third string quarterback and their offensive line sucks already. I, I don't want to bet on Brees Hall's rushing yards, but I think there's going to be some design passing plays, some screens and stuff to him. So I took Brees Hall over 25 and a half receiving yards minus 115. And I think he's going to get a, a good opportunity to catch a lot of screen passes from Tim Boyle this week. Mm. Okay, that is well said. Brandon, if you don't mind, I'll go next because Steven is going with a pass catching prop. I am as well, uh, theoretically, although it could be uh, a handoff of sorts. I'm going with Tyreek Hill, who's kind of having a good week, uh, what with the Chiefs wide receivers not really being a thing um, on the night football. So uh, Tyreek Hill continues to age wonderfully as far as his um, kind of lambasting of uh, that particular unit. I am taking Tyreek as an anytime touchdown scorer, minus 130. I think if we all had to bet on one single person to score, in this game, it would be Tyreek Hill. I know that the Jets offense is uh, a bit of a project. The Dolphins, a little bit questionable, but if there is one constant, it is Tyreek Hill. So that is two-thirds of the way home. Get us there, BLG. It's possible that that Tyreek touchdown can get my leg as well, which is mm. the Dolphins to score first in this game. The Jets struggle to score at all. In their last four games, they had 13 points. It took overtime for them to get 13 points against the Giants. Then they only put up six against the Chargers. They put up 12 against the Raiders, and then they put up six again against the Bills. So the Jets struggle to score at all. The Dolphins pretty much do not struggle to score typically. So I think it's a reasonable bet to think that the Dolphins can score first. Even if the Jets get the ball first, Tim Boyle has been bad at every stop of every point of his career. He's always been bad. And it's possible that he turns the ball over and gives the Dolphins prime scoring territory if the Dolphins don't already score first with their first possession. So I like the Dolphins to score first. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hmm, okay, well, uh, let's hope that we hit three in a row. Uh, Steven, in standard collegiate rules, two is heating up, but three is on fire. Um, so do you believe that we will reach uh, Fuego this week? Yes, I'm confident it's going to happen. Okay, that didn't really sound like you had a lot of conviction in it, but whatever, we'll take it. Uh, once again, that is our Pick 3 segment brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, gentlemen, uh, we have, what, I don't even know how many games. I guess three are gone on Thanksgiving. Uh, we have the Black Friday game. Nobody's on by this week, I believe, so that gives us 13 games, although 12, because we don't really get into Monday Night Football. Uh, we each do have a zap. It's been a while since we kind of zapped one another around here. Um, we cannot zap each other on the teams that we cover, but we won't be talking about the Cowboys. So I'm eligible to be zapped on every single game here. Uh, keep that in mind, obviously, as we move forward. Um, I guess let's go ahead and talk about the Black Friday game that we just offered the pick three segment on uh, BLG. The Jets are getting 10 points at home to the Miami Dolphins. This is Tim Boyle, who you mentioned. Um, pretty gross. All the way around. He's been really bad. The <laughs> Jets, I don't blame them for making a change in theory, but it's just so way too little, way too late. I mean, what what was the point of this? What was the point of the Jets sticking with Zach Wilson as long as they did and not making any kind of Credible move. It was obvious they needed to do something from the jump. Okay, you want to give Zach Wilson like a game or two after Aaron Rodgers goes down to see if there's anything there. I don't even like that, but okay, fine. I can understand that. This is pathetic. The Dolphins are going to beat the Jets. I know the Jets' defense is good, so maybe the Jets have a chance to cover just if their defense plays an incredibly good game, but I mean, I just think Tim Boyle is going to, even if that's the case, even if their defense plays well, I think Tim Boyle is going to turn the ball over and give the Dolphins extra chances to score. And I think that should be enough to cover. I think I want to avoid this game for the most part, like fantasy and gambling wise. But for our same game parlay, I, I picked the thing that I felt like was the safest. And it was because Brees Hall, like I just, I, I don't think Tim Boyle's an upgrade over Zach Wilson at all. I, I just think <laughs> the Jets are screwed. Um so you know, they, they probably should have been trying to make some phone calls for like a Jacoby Brissett or something at the deadline. Like that would have really like you would have been a playoff team, probably if you just had anybody who could be a functional quarterback for you. Um, but I, I like Brees Hall still. Miami's defense has been playing a lot better. They're getting healthy now. So I, I think it's a tough test anyways. And the Jets just can't score points, but Brees Hall is the only playmaker because I don't have any faith that Tim Boyle is going to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. So I don't expect the Jets to score a lot of points in this game. Uh, the Dolphins are looking for a bounce back game like that offense has slowed down quite a bit recently, um, but they're banged up. Devon Achan might not be available in this game. Uh, we're, we're still waiting to hear on that after he had, I think, two, I think three total snaps last week before getting re-injured and leaving the game. But might be available this week. Mostert's banged up. Tyreek Hill's banged up. Like both these teams are kind of scare me right now. But at the end of the day, Miami is just just otherworldly more talented than the Jets right now. So I think that's this is an easy Dolphins win. I think the Dolphins point differential is plus 67, um, which is just crazy when you consider that 50 of those points came in a single game. Um just kind of wild um, to contextualize it that way. I'm with you both on the Jets. Um, 
I don't think any of us are fans of Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, he's like ruined my team's playoff hopes a lot of times. But I think, you know, everybody caught up to the fact that he stunk, um, you know, the corner that I was first on. Um, but I do feel like when he got hurt that everybody kind of felt for the Jets. Like there, there was a point in time, like maybe against the Chiefs um, during that Sunday Night Football game, Stephen, where everybody was kind of like, I would say like felt sorry for them, but kind of like rooting for this like weird project to kind of work out or whatever. They like burned up all that benefit of the doubt with just like sticking with Zach Wilson, which is really strange. Um, so they burned through it so quickly. I mean, you mentioned Jacoby Brissett. I'm not saying Joe Flacco is like a great option in 2023, but at least the Browns did something like, you know, I mean, like it, like I know you're shaking your head, BLG. It's at the very least like an attempt to do something like what did the jets do they just sat there you know what i mean like it's like indecision is nothing um so i hate the jets for that i hate the jets for wasting an all-time defense i don't know how if you're a jets defender you can like be interested in playing out of your mind anymore because like it's all pointless at this point so yeah i'll take the dolphins to cover um i'm not afraid of uh of the big line whatsoever so um are you officially taking the jets with the points Brandon? no i said i'm taking the dolphins to cover Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you kind of talked out of both sides of your mouth there a little bit. Uh, no, Stephen, the, uh, no, the New England. I ripped the Jets and I said the Dolphins got it. <laughs> That's we all heard. Anyway, uh, Stephen, the New England Patriots <laughs> are visiting the New York Giants. Um, the Patriots are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. They are the road team. And despite all of that, the Giants are three and a half point underdogs. Um, it's a tough time for uh, New York football. Yeah, as I was going through the lines this week, there's a lot of games where I was like, what is going on here? Like, that doesn't really make sense. And you know, the Giants are, they're just really injured. They've got injuries across the board. And now uh, Dexter Lawrence, I think, is questionable for this mm-hmm. game, which obviously that's, uh, he's probably the most talented player on the Giants roster right now. Um but so we'll, we'll see if he winds up going uh, at the end of the day, though, like Tommy DeVito's got a little bit of juice. Like oh, he's been more Steven. exciting. <laughs> he's been more exciting than Zach Wilson ha- has been in six weeks. Like I- I'm not saying that, like, I-, I think what the Giants did last week is real. Like, I still think they're one of the absolute worst teams in the NFL. But last week was still impressive because going into that game, I was like, this isn't an NFL caliber roster like period, like with all of the injuries that they have, like this is uh, this is like a division three football team trying to compete in the NFL. And then they went out and got a win last week. Like it was, it was really impressive. So I, I just think that for as bad as things are for the giants, it kind of feels like the vibes are better for the giants coming off of a win than they are for the Patriots right now. And Mac Jones earlier today was asked, like, are you the starter this week? And he was like, I think so. Uh, I know nobody's told me any different. Like, what is that? Like, I don't I don't understand how you could confidently pick New England to do anything right now. So I'm going to take the Giants in this game because I, I have that little faith in what New England has done this season. I'm with Steven. I'll take the Giants outright. So I like getting the points because I think at the very least it's two bad teams and it could be a close game between two bad teams and the giants can at least find a way to cover here and i do think there is something to the giants vibes being a little bit better and having that taste of winning and having that little bit of extra pep in your step and believing in yourself a little bit whereas the patriots have just not had very good vibes other than beating the bills uh like what a month ago or so so i will take the giants to both win outright but also i like them to cover 
I mean, I don't want to go into the icebox for the Patriots, but I just can't pick the Giants. I can't, like, I mean, the Tommy DeVito thing was cool, I guess, but, like, I sub- I, I describe that more to the commanders being terrible than I do like the giants having a good day. And I recognize that the Patriots are terrible, but um, I, I still trust Mac Jones more than I trust Tommy DeVito. I certainly trust Bailey Zapp. I trust anybody more than I trust Tommy DeVito, uh, which is just kind of where I'm at. So yeah, throw me in the icebox. I'm fine with it. Let's do it. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. It never gets one pick standings potentially um anyway uh that's true uh this could be a loser against caleb williams game um so um i think you and i are both rooting for the patriots in that sense brandon uh i'm sorry the giants uh but um the um the pittsburgh steelers are like the worst team ever um in the history of the internet brandon (laughs) um they are visiting the cincinnati Bengals um and fired offensive coordinator matt canada this week uh what is the streak of not hitting 400 yards offensively? It's like 21 straight games or something like that. Um, a lot. It is unbelievable. Um, like every time like I see something new about this, it's just more embarrassing. I think Anthony Richardson has the same amount of passing touchdowns as Kenny Pickett since October began. Like it is just unbelievable. And they are only one point favorites against the Jake Browning led <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, obviously it's our first look at Cincinnati fully without Joe Burrow since uh, the season ending injury suffered last Thursday night. I think RJ, you like to talk a lot about how it's so rare for people in the NFL world to agree on things like urban Meyer right. was one of those things where it's just like, this is obviously not going to work out. And you know, it came to a point where, you know, this season, like the Zach Wilson thing, like once it was clear that Aaron Rodgers was down, it was just like, this is not a tenable backup plan. And then even before that, it should have been obvious that that was not really a good backup plan. And Matt Canada, obviously, is one of those things where it's like, yeah, how did he have the job coming into this season? Um, pre- awesome preseason performances aside, which feel like forever ago for the Steelers fans and their offense, I'm sure. But um I still will bet on Mike Tomlin in this case. A big reason why I believe in the Bengals typically is Joe Burrow, and he's not there. So give me the Steelers. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. Like even the firing the offensive coordinator, maybe that does signal a sign of like actual change within the offense. Like I still don't have any faith in Kenny Pickett moving forward, but Hopefully they're at least going to lean into the the few things that they've actually done well this season, like giving Jalen Warren the ball because he's awesome and he's explosive and he's fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, both really talented wide receivers. Maybe if you actually get them downfield and like give them an opportunity to make some plays instead of just doing what Matt Canada did, which is everything is just around the line of scrimmage and everything is sideline stuff like like, let's get them over the middle of the field. Let's give them opportunities to make plays because we've seen George Pickens be explosive that way this season. And he's a really talented player. I'd like to see what he can do if given the opportunity to do that. And I, I still think Cincinnati's defense can give you some problems. And I think their defense is going to keep them competitive. But yeah, it, it's losing Joe Burrow just means their season's basically over and and maybe they're still feisty and they still pull out some wins here and there. Like, I don't think they're going to lose every game the rest of the season, but I I just have more faith in Mike Tomlin and what the Steelers have put together in that Steelers defense. So I'll take the Steelers here pretty easily. 
The Athletic had a player survey that came out this week, Brandon. We talked about it a little bit on the mixtape. Um, and one of the questions that the like random players who were you know polled um, were asked was, uh, "Who's the coach you would most want to play for in the NFL?" And the like runaway answer was Mike Tomlin. Um, no disrespect to Zach Taylor, but he's just a different dude. And um, I know I'm I'm not getting the accuracy of some of the things I'm bringing up today, but like, what was the stat about the Steelers uh, in-season firing? Obviously, they fired Matt Canada, but like. It was like the first in season. Yeah, it's like some like yeah. 1946 that they've like had an in-season coach firing. Um, and I think that's what makes Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin. Like I, I know that the Steelers have a really, you know, proud culture and history that they, you know, they've only had three coaches like in the last like four million years, or whatever it's, it is. Uh, but I love that Mike Tomlin's like, look, I know this has been the way that things have been done, but like we're we're in the mix right now. Like we can't just like be, lean on the Steeler way. Like we have to defy history sometimes uh, along the way. So yeah, I totally trust the Steelers, especially like to cover one point. I mean, like you know, let's let's come back down to earth here. I know that their mm-hmm. offense is bad, but like this feels like a really weird line. So uh, clean sweep for us uh, on Pittsburgh. I'm really excited about the next game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are visiting the Houston Texans. Stephen, mm-hmm. I very very famously picked the Texans to win the AFC that- South. <laughs> I got out the most important part. Um, I'll take the Texans, especially if I'm getting points. Steven. This was another one of those lines where I was like, I- I'm not sure I really agree with Jacksonville being favored in this one. Uh, Houston's already beaten them and they beat them bad earlier this season. And now it's on the road at Houston. And I know CJ Stroud threw three interceptions last week, which was you know by far his worst game as a starter in the NFL, probably. But they still won the game. Like their defense still did enough. They still not made enough plays in the passing game, and uh, and I, I just don't really like Jacksonville right now. Like they're not their defense is okay, but it's not anything that like puts fear in your heart. Trevor ha- is coming off of a big game but they've been really inconsistent offensively this season and their offensive line's not particularly good. So I I just think that Jacksonville going on the road here, coming off of a big performance, I I think it's, it's a little offensive that they're favored over the Texans. So I'm going to go with Houston here. I'll go in the ice box. I'm taking Doug Peterson's Jags, baby. I felt confidently that the, Cardinals would cover against the Texans last week when Steve and I were doing the show and they did Uh, They did not win the game, but they covered. I think that the Texans are very exciting long term, but I still think there's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride along the way. The Jags are on top of the AFC South currently for a reason. Didn't the Jags lose to the Texans earlier this year? Steven literally said that. In his okay, double checking. So. Yeah, I don't think they sweep the Jags. The Jags are still the kings of the division. There's a reason why they're favored on the road in this game, and it's really not that big of a line to cover. So if they win, they probably will. And I will lean on Doug Peterson. I think that again, no, it's not about not believing in the Texans. A lot of positives there. I just think they're not quite at the Jags level yet. Put the jacket on. Fun fact about the ice box. Winter is coming. I'm in the ice box. Uh, we're here to talk about week 12, but quick week 13 note. Did either of you see that the Texans game in week 13 against the Broncos was flexed back? It was originally um, <laughs> yes. in, the, in the afternoon window. Um, they flexed it to noon and put uh, Panthers, the Panthers in Tampa in its place in the 3 o'clock window. I have a theory on this, but I didn't know if either of you had one. What is it? The, well, the Broncos are actually playing well right now. Like That should actually be an entertaining national game. I don't well, know what's going on. 
So the NFL loves to have like a, a three o'clock game that is effectively like a national game, right? Like that it's technically not, but like it's, it's basically distributed like all over the country. Um, the Niners are in Philadelphia in that same window. So I think the NFL wants the, the like massive ratings from mm. that and Stroud's Texans would have diverted attention. And beyond that, I do think that Stroud's Texans have more of a chance for people to check in on them when the Niners Eagles game isn't happening in parallel. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I still am annoyed by it. But. I'm I am annoyed, but like I I think it made rational sense, which is you know weird. Anyway, uh, the New Orleans Saints are visiting the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Uh, they are one point favorites. The Saints are in the battle of Mercedes Benz sponsorships. Uh, I'll go first because this is my lock of the week. The Saints are mm. five and five. They are currently leading the NFC South. I don't think they are a very good football team at all. But I think that we have seen enough to determine that they are, without question, the best NFC South team. I know the Falcons are coming off their bye. I think if there's – Brandon, you talked about like a, a universal agreement on something. Nobody likes Arthur Smith. Nobody believes in his I'm offensive idiot. philosophy. Uh, so I will take the Saints to – again, you talk about like easy lines to cover. One point win, boom, we're done. Let's go. Yeah, I don't trust the Falcons at all have not been out in the Falcons all season. Not that I'm in on the Saints, but I'm certainly more the out. Only person the to, to doubt Desmond Ritter. The only person to doubt Desmond Ritter. I, you know, it's you say that, but like there was like a, definitely a Desmond Ritter high. No, there wasn't. There, yes, like, there was. There, there never was. There was. 100% there was. I, I can name names if you want to. I won't do that here. Uh, yeah, so give me the Saints who are kind of in the driver's seat a little bit in that but really bad NFC South division. So again, you just, they just need to win. If they win, they're going to cover the one point spread. Yeah. I'm going to take the saints here because I have no faith in anything. The Falcons do. Um, And going back to Desmond Ritter, I I feel like the, when they announced that they were like, yeah, Taylor Heineke sucks. So we're going back to Desmond (laughs) Ritter and it's like, Oh, they both suck. Like you, you suck as an organization and you're a terrible coach. Arthur Smith. Um, but it, it is annoying that, you know, we haven't gotten a, a full update on Derek Carlos. I saw he was still in the concussion protocol. So, like, I think it'd be more entertaining if we get Jameis this week. But if Derek Carr is good to go, he's going to be in there. Just please no Michael Thomas in this game. Just throw the ball to Chris Olave. He's a talented player. He deserves targets. That's all I want to see. That's the only thing I care about in this game. And it's not even like a fantasy thing. I just love Chris Olave as a player. I want to see him thrive. I think Mike Thomas was placed on injured reserve on Tuesday. Um, so, I mean, like, th- has this, like, has this ever worked out, the Mike Thomas thing? Like, I mean, it's it has been a weird ride since, what, 2018 at this point, 2019? Um, so, tough scene. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't even care who the quarterback is. I, I would still lay a point and take the Saints. Steven, you mentioned fantasy. Um, not that this is, like, the most – representative thing of who the Falcons are but Kyle Pitts was on the waiver wire in my league of record and I was just like like I had a thought where I was like man I can't believe Kyle Pitts is on the waiver wire and then it was a matter of like I have zero interest in like <laughs> picking him up like that's amazing that you took this like prodigy tight end in the first round and that that's who he is in his third season it's Kyle Pitts is going to be the next TJ Hawkinson where wherever mm-hmm. he goes after Atlanta he's just going to be amazing mm-hmm. um All right, good times. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the road against the Indianapolis Colts, also coming off of their bye. Brandon, Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home um, against the Bucs. 
I think the Colts have been a bit of a frisky team this year. They have something to them. Shane Steichen, former Eagles offensive coordinator, has done a good job. With Playoff them. contender. They're, come- They're in the mix for that wild card spot. Absolutely. They are coming off the bye. They're well-rested against this Bucks team, which I think has just they've been flawed. Is there any point this year where, like, Okay, the Bucks might have something. Maybe okay, they get off to that two and zero start. They beat the Vikings. Like, okay, maybe there's something. No, that ended very quickly. There's never been a point where you're like super intrigued by this Bucks team. They're very much in that NFL middle class at best of just like the big in your power rankings, that big range of teams who are all kind of just like in that same. Um, I guess you would guys would say crockpot. Maybe I don't know on Monday football Monday, whatever you want to term no, it. Like you got to be a legit team to be crockpot eligible. You know what I mean? Like you got to be a legit <laughs> team that like failed. Marines then called. What would you call that? I mean, that's like um, they're like string cheese. You know what I mean? Like mm. they're in the crisper How drawer of you? your fridge. String cheese is great. It's great, but like you can leave it in your fridge for like six months, and then you're like, mm. ah, this I'm kind of. No, I don't like hungry. this analogy. Look, I'll grab one. <laughs> I feel personally offended by this. Uh, in any case, I'll take the Colts to win and cover. I think I'm going to take the Bucks here. Wow. Um, it, it's I, I just don't have a, a ton of faith in the Colts. And at the end of the day, this is another line where I was like kind of surprised about it because the Bucks have been plucky. Like they're not an easy out team. They still have veteran players on the defensive side of the ball that can give you problems. Uh, Jameel Dean's not going to be in this game and he's having a terrible season anyway. So it might mm-hmm. actually be beneficial to their secondary that Jameel Dean's not going to be available in this game. Um, but offensively, like Baker's been functional. Mike Evans is still having a, a decent season. Trey Palmer's been flashing some potential here and Rashad <laughs> White has been playing. Okay. So like, I just I think I have a little bit more faith in the Bucks just veteran roster than I do Gardner Minshew in the Colts right now. So I'll go with Tampa Bay. Um, I love being in the situation where I get to put one of you in the ice box. That's always like the super cool <laughs> spot to be in, no pun intended. Um, I think looking back on it, like it was such a loser, not loser, but like a poor decision to not trade Mike Evans. Like the like the Bucks are gonna let him walk in get nothing i mean like cool you you specifically to not trade for it like that's just the match made in heaven right there yeah like i mean what like what what was it was it worth it you know what i mean to watch him like hit a thousand yards with you like whenever that happens like no it wasn't you know what i mean i would have given up a first round pick for mike evans on the yeah i mean like it it was it's it's the worst trade that wasn't made um except for like the jets not trading for literally any human being to play quarterback um but so um I kind of like the Colts, uh, Stephen. Uh, I'm sorry, but um, like uh, like Carmi in the season two finale of The Bear. Uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and get in there, please? Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Stephen, have you seen The Bear? It feels like it's right up your alley. Yes, I love it. I, I actually would really like to watch season two, but it was devastating. So I have already watched it um yeah the uh was it episode six is that the christmas episode christmas episode specifically i don't know if i could ever watch that episode yeah i'm not gonna ruin that uh for anybody but what i what i will say is um my wife mentioned when you're watching it like it's obviously really tense brandon i don't think you've seen the show so you can't participate in this conversation uh but my wife was like there was a warning about like it being graphic before the episode it's like i was constantly like on the edge of my seat it was really uh it was really intense um okay they just met uh, emotionally devastating. Uh, exactly. Uh, BLG, you were very anxious to talk about the Carolina Panthers. You mentioned on the mixtape, oh, this is an SB Nation NFL show conversation. Oh. Uh, they are visiting the Tennessee Titans. 
this is the like who cares bowl. Like, like honestly, like who really cares? Uh, but the Titans are three and a half point favorites nonetheless. I wasn't really necessarily excited as much as I was just trying to say like it's a better <laughs> conversation for you said it show. like six times. You were like, oh, we could talk about the NFL show. Oh, like let's talk about the NFL. Well, well, let's yeah, get Stevens the right the place NFL to show. talk like, about it. I mean, I mean, it's just that the Panthers were incredibly pathetic from a coaching standpoint in that Cowboys game. They're obviously not talented enough. It's not like anyone can reasonably expect them to be a good or great team this year. But I mean. Uh, we did talk about it on the mixtape where there's so many third downs where the Panthers had the Cowboys stopped and they would just commit an awful unnecessary penalty happened again and again and again happened at least three times that I saw really poorly coached team in addition to being a very untalented team and I know the Titans have their issues and they haven't really been interesting or great for a bit here but I still like Mike Rabel better than I do Frank Reich at this point. So I will lean with the Titans. That's it's a big line relative to these teams, but the Panthers are really, really bad. And I don't know what you're banking on. If you're picking the Panthers, like what are you pointing to when you're taking them with the Titans? At least I can point to Mike Rabel and say that I think he can find a way to have his team win this game. I don't know what anyone could like about the Panthers. Frank Reich's getting fired. (laughs) You should be fired already. It's, and, and like, I, I I will say, I don't even think the Panthers being so dysfunctional, like, I don't even think it's all on him. Like, I think personnel wise, just offensively, their personnel is just the worst in the NFL. Like, they have no running game. Their offensive line is just awful. Uh, their wide receivers are easily the slowest wide receiver group in the NFL. Like, they, they just don't have anybody that makes anything easy for Bryce Young. And then you have... This head coach in Frank Reich, who I think was like severely damaged and like and we like came into this thing like insecure because the way things ended for him with the Colts and he's just making everything way worse. Um, the Panthers are just awful. So Tennessee is easily going to win this game. Will Levis is at least like interesting to watch and he'll throw the football down the field a little bit and the Titans defensive line. It's just going to decimate the Panthers offensive line. I don't even think this is going to be a close game. Like I think Tennessee will easily run away with this. Um, The Panthers to me are an organization that is like trying to like expedite the process. You know what I mean? Like they're they're trying so badly to get back to like supreme relevance. Like David Tepper is not willing to do the like long climb that it takes when you're in the position that they are. That's I was like, Oh, we'll just trade it for the number one pick. And Frank Reich will call this amazing offense. And like, you know, we'll be a playoff contender. And it just doesn't work like that. They were in on Deshaun Watson. Obviously everybody remembers that. Um, yeah, this is a, a bad scene. Um, Justice had a really good point on that last week, by the way, or the two weeks ago when he was like the Panthers coaching staff is like the highest paid coaching staff. Like they put a lot of money into that staff and it's not really, resulting in why did why are the why are the panthers so like in a rush to hire frank Reich? this is like oh this is a slam dunk hire why because of what i just said because they're they're trying to like get to like what about him did you love in indy that you were so eager to hire him i think i think they're like I mean, I what did they do? I've, Win a I very, game I very wisely saw that That's the Colts it. were like full of frauds. So like, I think the like the assumption was like, well, maybe he was the victim of the like Colts fraudness or whatever. And he's, we all know, Brandon, that Frank Reich was the reason that the Eagles won the Super Bowl six years ago. I mean, right. like nobody else had any hand in that. <laughs> so I mean, like you talk yourself into like the the few things you want to believe are true, and you ignore everything else. It's. David Tepper is just new Jimmy Haslam. Like right. mm. it, it's 
He's that owner that wants to be involved in everything, wants to make all the decisions and call all the shots instead of letting the people whose job it actually is to identify talented players and and do all of that stuff and do all of the legwork. He just wants to win right now. So he's willing to do whatever he has to. And it continues to blow up in his face, just like it has for the Browns for 20 years. Who has a better Uh, career? uh, Bryce Young or Will Levis? At least there's stability with Vrabel. Like he's not going anywhere, and the Titans have been good with Vrabel as their head coach. So I don't mean but, to shuck the question, but I wanted to bring this up too. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there's been all the like reports that like if the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick, that Robert Kraft has like an ace up his sleeve or whatever. Why? Why? Like, who says the Titans don't move on from Mike Vrabel or like don't trade him to? No, New they England? could. Like you know, like yeah. they're kind of it. Like their, their timelines don't match. You know what I mean? Like I agree. So, like Mike Vrabel's in a position where it's like he's too good of a coach to like be around for a rebuild. So like, mm-hmm. why not trade him to New England? And and that's like that would be kind of a cool thing. Like hit like the 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 Patriot way, like being reborn, like through Mike Vrabel. Like he like that would that would give the Patriots some like respectability that they've obviously lost in the last few years. So like I'm I think both these teams might have new head coaches next year. Yeah. yeah. Could happen. You, you both nodded your heads a lot We're on an <laughs> audio medium. So, I mean. For different reasons, to be clear. Yeah, like Wright getting fired because he's right, bad right, and right. Raybull getting fired because it's just time to move on kind of a thing. Right. Um, okay, let's um, – we have to move on. The Cleveland Browns are visiting the Denver Broncos on Sunday afternoon. The Broncos, Stephen, have won three games in a row. They're on the Chiefs' heels, baby. Watch out. Here they come. Uh, the Denver Broncos, they are getting a point and a half at uh whatever it's called now mile high uh against uh you know dtr joe flacco whoever doesn't really matter when they have that defense i don't think sean payton gets credit for this turnaround oh my gosh (laughs) it's the Broncos defense has been playing really well and by the way justin simmons is back and he's been fantastic since he's come back when they when they let the miami dolphins put up 70 points he was injured and their defense wasn't good. And since he's come back and been healthy, their defense has actually been really good and and has been giving teams a lot of problems. So I I think that is what you can credit it towards. Cause when you watch the Denver offense, like they're not good. They're not fun. (laughs) Cortland Sutton has like two or three incredible catches a week, but Russell Wilson's not good anymore. They're not exciting. They're not fun to watch. Their defense is playing really well. And this is going to be an ugly game because the Browns defense and miles Garrett is just going to give continue to give them opportunities to win football games. So like, I I kind of want to lean Denver here, but at the end of the day, I've seen the Browns defense win them multiple games this season. And I just feel like miles Garrett is going to be all over Russell Wilson all day. So I think I'm going to go with the Browns, even with Dorian Thompson Robinson as their quarterback. RJ, your boy, Russ. Um, so again, this is just like I don't have the exact stat, but I saw during the Sunday night game um, that I mean, I mean, it's Will Lutz has I think like fourteen field goals in the last three games, which is like the most that any Broncos kicker has ever had in like a three game stretch. And like kudos to him for like making them all. But like during the Sunday night game, they showed like all the takeaways that Denver's defense has had in the last three games, and it's like. So you're taking the ball away at this like insane rate and your offense can't do anything with it. Like it's just literally getting in position to kick a field goal. Um, I agree to a degree, Stephen, that Sean Payton might be better than like a total and complete joke. Um, but we are a 
you know, 12 men on the field penalty away from not completely destroying them a week and a half ago for the way they went about that, you know, game winning field goal attempt that they missed. Uh, so I, I'm willing to believe in the Browns. I think we're maybe not giving enough credit to Kevin Stefanski uh, for coaching up that offense because they're making lemonade. And so I'm willing to give the Browns a little bit more credit here, especially if I'm getting points in the process. I'll go in the icebox. I think that I've seen what? Jim Schwartz who, what? You're taking the, the, yeah. Isn't, didn't Steven take the Browns too? Yes. Oh, so, so I, you can start off with it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so I'm Stupid. right. Dumb. I'm right. What a dumb decision. <laughs> uh, I'm going into the icebox for the Broncos. I think the Browns defense is amazing, but I have seen Jim Schwartz, who I have a lot of respect for. I've seen him struggle specifically against Russell Wilson. I think Russ can run around a little bit and do just enough to help the Broncos score and outpace a Browns offense that I think is in a really tough spot right now. I mean, their defense is great, yeah, but I think their offense, I just don't really trust it right now. And I think the Broncos have something going on vibes-wise. They're at home. And if they do win, they can probably cover one and a half points. So I will take the Broncos in the icebox. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. I don't know if you guys saw, but the Wall Street Journal had a report that there's over a billion dollars worth of quarterbacks that are hurt this season. Like when you add up, like, you know, this, that, and everything. That's um, not necessarily saying a lot these days, though, depending on which contracts you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, I know, but it, it, it sounds big. Um, but um, I think a better indication at like where the season is at, uh, Brandon, I know you went in the icebox on behalf of the Jaguars, but Brandon, you went in the icebox on behalf of the Denver Broncos. I went in the icebox That's on right. behalf of the New England Patriots. Steven, you went on the icebox on behalf of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, that's where we're at in today's NFL. NFL kind of stinks. I'll never quit Russell Wilson, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's move on. Um, The Los Angeles Rams, with Matthew Stafford back in the fold, are visiting the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray back in the fold. Now, I may have misread this, uh, Steven, but um, I laid out the odds on Tuesday. We're obviously recording on Wednesday. And when I did, the Rams were favored by a point. Uh, and when I rechecked them right ahead of our mm. recording, the Cardinals are now favored by a point. So this has swung in a significant mm. degree um, in the last 24 hours in our real time. Yeah, I would imagine it has to do with Cooper Cup. Um, Puka Nakua is also questionable for this game. Um, you know, it, it it's they, they still have a lot of time before they play this football game. So I, I think that swing is probably has to do with cup and Nakua being questionable. Cause Sean McVay said that he came out of Sun- uh, Puka specifically came out of Sunday's game with the shoulder injury. Um, and that was after cup had already left the game with an ankle injury, but there's still potential. They're both available. Uh, if they do play, I think I'm going to pick the Rams in this one. Um, it's just with Matthew Safford, they're decent and, and they can give you some problems. Uh, Kyler Murray's been playing, pretty well i think so far through his first two starts since coming back from injury uh but the cardinals are also really banged up especially on the defensive side of the ball so if puka and cooper cup go i'm gonna go with the rams if not i will regret that i picked the rams because i would have rather picked the cardinals so yeah it's just tough for me rams yes (laughs) tough pick tough pick um cardinals 2-0 against the spread past couple weeks have have had you know more juice with Kyler there. Uh, at the same time, I think I'm just going to fade Jonathan Gannon 
and put some faith into my favorite head coach in the NFL, Sean McVay. Um, I, I don't know. I just There's something about the Rams I trust a little bit more. They're getting a point. I will take that point. Rams screwed me last week by um, ruining my lock of the week with the Seahawks, which was looking good for a little bit there until it was not at the end. So um, I wow. guess maybe I'm just paying respect was. to them by defeating <laughs> me. And uh, yeah, I'll take the Rams, but I don't feel confident in this game. I will say Rams are not dead in the playoff picture. Neither are the Packers. I know they're not good teams, but if the Vikings fall out, if the Seahawks, who I think have a very real chance of falling out, who just lost to the Rams, uh, one of those teams could sneak in. So I still think they have a lot to play for. Can you tell us again how the Seahawks lost to the Rams? Because I don't think you've said it enough times. No. Uh, by the way, uh, before I get into my pick, uh, a moment ago, the SB Nation NFL Twitter account tweeted out a story from Turf Show Times, our Rams mm. community. Um, it is titled, <laughs> Is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? Um, no. No. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'll go in the icebox here. Um, I think they're cute. Yeah. And if any team is plucky um, right now, it, it's – it's well, they, they are. like. And here's my take on the Cardinals. So I'm taking them. But these are the Cardinals remaining games um, after mm. this week. At Pittsburgh in week 13, then they get their bye. And then starting in week 15 on, the final four games of the season, San Francisco at home, at Chicago, whatever, at Philadelphia, Seattle. The Cardinals are going to ruin somebody's playoff standing like seeding or appearance altogether. Like the Cardinals are going to spoil somebody's something mm. um, down the stretch here. I think that's a good take. Mm. You're saying that about your own take. I think it's a good take. Yeah. Do you have takes that you think Perfect. are bad takes? The icebox. Your own in the moment? I'm in the icebox. Okay. Um, what did we say? We had 13 games or 12 games, I guess we we're discussing. We already have five ice boxes. Like that's pretty amazing here. Uh, Steven, the Kansas City Chiefs are losers. Um, and they are visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this week they are laying eight and a half points in the process. Um, they own the Raiders historically, uh, except for one when John Gruden was coaching them and they circled around the stadium or whatever it was. Um, do you believe in the Chiefs bouncing back or scoring any points in the second half? <laughs> I do believe in them bouncing back. Um, if Andy Reid can admit to himself that they have to change the offense, like your defense is good enough that if you get to 20 plus points, they can win you a football game. And that's what the chiefs are right now. Like until they figure out the wide receiver issue, because at least I, I will say Marquez Valdez Scantling, who dropped what could have been the game winning touchdown. And he had another just, outrageous uh route and and miss earlier in the game um he at the very least his snap percentage has been going down like he still only played like 50 percent of the snaps in that game against the eagles whereas earlier in the season he was playing like 95 percent of the snaps and doing mm. absolutely nothing so the chiefs are at least acknowledging that they're getting virtually nothing out of him this season which is really frustrating because coming into the year they treated him like he was the veteran guy they could they could lean on in the wide receiver room when they really needed to. And I was just sitting back here like he's terrible. He's been awful his entire career. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I, I do think uh, against the Raiders, they'll be able to do enough. Um, I think they're pissed off that they lost to the Eagles. So I, I think they'll bounce back here. And you know, the Raiders have been plucky, especially on the defensive side of the ball uh, since I, Antonio Pierce became the interim head coach. But 
I, I think offensively, they just aren't going to be able to do anything against the Chiefs defense. Uh, Aiden O'Connell had a nice long touchdown pass to Devontae Adams last week. But other than that, they could not move the ball at all. And they've been totally non-functional. So I'll go with the Chiefs and the points here. Chiefs really just don't go into a slump. You know, if somehow Patrick Mahomes loses, he typically bounces back the next game. I think that's what's going to happen here. I do worry a little bit about Max Crosby going up against the Chiefs tackles because that's a bit of a mismatch, but they'll figure it out and they will not lose two in a row. Maybe they don't cover. Maybe it's a closer game, but I will bank on that. Not happening. Chiefs win. Chiefs cover. If this was a lot of other teams, I might take the points um, because eight and a half is a lot to cover if you presume them to not really score that much in the second half. Um, But I just can't believe in the Raiders like to any degree so I'll take the Chiefs I they're not a team that's going to like stumble and, and stub their toe two weeks in a row um so yeah good job Chiefs for your future win congratulations um okay uh that takes us to uh the final game before primetime the <coughs> excuse me Buffalo Bills visiting the Philadelphia Eagles the Eagles three and a half point favorites at home Brandon your thoughts my lock of the week is the Bills plus three and a half. Whoa. Yeah, I think that the, you know, the Eagles are just a lucky team, man. They don't even deserve to win these games. They're not even that good. <laughs> I mean, nine and one, who cares? They're not a good team. Um, anyway, I do think that this is going to be a very competitive game. It does make me a little suspicious. I'm falling into a trap because it feels like this should be a standard three. I mean, you have to like that extra half point. You think this could be a game that potentially goes to overtime. There's a f- decided by a field goal. So that half point is good. I like the Eagles. I think the Eagles can win. But I do think if I'm getting this many points, I have to go with the points in part because this is like the the ultimate. Um, they're like, I think you coined it, RJ. The, the Bills are kind of like the bizarro Eagles in a way and where they're you know, point differential and their DVOA, all that stuff looks a lot better than their record where the Eagles, it's kind of the other way around. So I think maybe you see that even out against each other and Bill's kind of figured things out after a rough stretch against a bad Jets team, but still a step in the right direction for them. Eagles did a good job of taking away Travis Kelsey. That's all cool and well and good, but they also didn't really have to worry as we saw against the Chiefs receivers as much, whereas the last time, you know, the Eagles played a top receiver like they did against CeeDee Lamb. That was a big problem for them. So I think Stephon Diggs should have a big game in this one. Um, Eagles could just slip up because football is weird. They've won a lot of one-score games. So I think it's easy to lean with the Bills here. Uh, I'll take the Eagles to win, but the Bills will cover. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles here. Um, I It's... It's interesting that you're picking the Bills for sure. Um, and the Bills are fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, but I just think we see this week after week with the Eagles. But they can they cannot put their best performance out there. And at the end of the day, they've just got more talent than everybody else does. And, and that wins them games. And, and I think this could easily be that same kind of game here. Um, I think a player to watch who probably isn't getting enough hype right now for the Bills is wide receiver Khalil Shakir, who's a uh, mm-hmm. second-year, fifth-round wide receiver from last year. And he's been coming on lately. He had an 80-yard touchdown last week, and the Eagles haven't been particularly good against slot wide receivers. So I think he's a player to watch in this game because it should be a good matchup for him. And I think he's legitimately better than Gabe Davis if, if they would just give him more targets. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that – 
the Bills defense is still just too banged up to totally shut down the Eagles offense. Uh, AJ Brown coming off of a terrible game, his worst game of the season had eight receiving yards. Like he's due for a big game and and this is a big matchup. So I I think the Eagles will still pull this thing off. Um, The Eagles are back to me. Sorry, I was getting some feedback. I know what that was. My voice sounded horrible, but um. Uh, they're back to me for to the like point of like I'm just gonna pick them until like there's a reason not to um, until they fail um, and they haven't failed obviously way more often than not. Um, I do I don't mean to do the like I see this game going one of two ways and then like list the like only two possible ways it can go. Um, you can go three. Like, they could tie. Well, I I think this is either like Josh Allen fu game like um like I'm, I don't know if either of you saw that clip where he threw like a it wasn't a screen pass but it was like a short pass that was like a touchdown he was like i'm back and it's like josh relax dude like i mean like like they are trying so hard to be like the like center of the nfl universe Mm. um so it it either is the like josh allen supernova like completely exposes the eagles game um or like josh allen tries way too hard the eagles well i mean that's like i think this is like this is no they're only nine and two well i think this is a one end of the spectrum game like i think it's a performance where it's like oh my gosh josh allen just torched them or josh allen tried way too hard and forced way too many mistakes and buried the bills and i will bet on that happening way more often than not um so i'll take the eagles i would love to be wrong but i just the, the bills are like walking tall because they beat the jets last week like you know come there if there is a front running team in the nfl right now it's the bills like they do not know how to handle well, being like uh, seated at the big kids table in the NFL. i think they just beat themselves a lot is the issue like they're really yeah, good at I beating mean, themselves i know that's we're saying the same thing we're simpatico here fun fact about the ice box winter is coming i'm in the ice box is somebody in the ice box yeah i took yeah. the eagles i'm the only one who took the eagles to um not cover, not cover. okay so you're like half in. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. half. I have one yeah. foot in. Yeah. Um, Sunday Night Football, the Baltimore Ravens are visiting the biggest frauds in the NFL, the Los Angeles Chargers. Steven, uh, the Chargers are three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Uh, before you give us your pick, can you let us know your thoughts on Brandon Staley whining and complaining about being asked questions in his post-game press conferences? Um, You know, I didn't really have that big of a problem. Oh, Steven. Uh well, I just I, I like it when coaches show personality and when they get frustrated, I'd rather they get frustrated and be rude to the media than just do what Andy Reid does, which is just give you the most generic answers possible and never actually answer a question ever. Um, so I prefer they show emotion. Um and also, sometimes, like as media members, we deserve it. So I don't really have an issue with what Brandon Staley did there. Um, but I, I did make this my lock of the week. Um, I just don't have faith in the Chargers right now. They just put Joey Bosa on IR, um, so they're already down their best pass rusher. Um, the Ravens are still their defense is just absolutely giving everybody problems. Uh, their offense is. I think it is still trying to figure some things out and they obviously just lost Mark Andrews, but they couldn't ask for a better matchup than this chargers defense. that's just getting torched by everybody right now. So Herbert's playing out of his mind and everything that he's doing has been awesome, but I don't have any faith in any of his pass catchers outside of Keenan Allen. So I'm going to go with the Ravens and I think they win pretty easily. This probably would have been my lock of the week pick. If Steven hadn't picked it first, just because I mean, the chargers, that's why. 
Chargers are the anti-Eagles, and they just find ways to lose. We just said the Bills were the anti-Eagles. You agreed with my take on it. The Bizarro Eagles is what I said. It's different. The the Bills beat themselves. The Chargers just find ways to lose. It's a little different to me for some reason, but it's the case. Lamar Jackson, awesome regular season player. The Ravens cover and win. I mean, this this Chargers team just lost to the Packers, who are very clearly not good. And the Ravens are coming off extra rest, too, having last played on Thursday in Week 11. So I like the Ravens here a lot. Um, I heard Greg Rosenthal say on the Around the NFL podcast, there's a really specific stat about Joey Bosa. Um, he has played like north of 500 snaps only six times in nine seasons. That's kind of crazy. Like when you think about it, like, I mean, he's been absent way more often than not. Um, like, and Greg's point was like, you know, like when you think about him, you think like, Oh, he's been around. He's been this awesome player, but it's kind of a little bit of an overrated career. Like in, in terms of like our general immediate thoughts. So. Some of that's on him too. Right. In terms of like, not just getting bad injury luck, but wasn't he like late to sign his rookie contract? He, he and did he, hold out. Hold out. Into the again. Into rookie year, yeah, and then again. So I mean, mm-hmm. you're right, but um, but still, it's obviously had some poor injury luck. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in the Ravens. Uh, last week was super impressive. I mean, obviously the Joe Burrow thing kind of like took hold of the story of the Thursday night game, but the Ravens um are back, and the Ravens are legit. Ravens might be the one, or they are the I was ones. Gonna say, currently. yeah, I mean, like, losing, they're going to be like, oh. Uh, so I believe in the Ravens. Is this the like Brandon Staley's fired game, or like do the Chargers hold on? What do you think? Like, I don't. I don't even care. <clears throat> I think uh, maybe not. It, it depends. Depends on how bad the Ravens beat. Um, for what it's worth, John Harbaugh said a moment ago for us in real time that Rashad Bateman had a foot injury, I think, um, or something um, on Wednesday, but that he should be fine. It's not enough that like you know impacts your decision at all. But uh, yeah, the Ravens are going to be fine. I think that the like internet is getting tired of. Oh, the Chargers stink, but Joe Burrow, I mean, uh, Justin Herbert played awesome. Like, the internet's getting really exhausted of, like, that phenomenon. Because that was the case last week, but, like, nobody cares anymore. Like, the Chargers are so insignificant. Similarly to Patrick Mahomes watching Marquez Valdez-Scantling drop a game-winning touchdown pass, Justin Herbert saw his first-round rookie, Quentin Johnson, do the exact same thing last week. So, like, I feel for Patrick Mahomes, but, like, Patrick Mahomes also threw a horrible interception early in that game. Like, I hate that, like, everyone is, like, bagging on MVS. Like, it was a horrible drop, but, like, let's not act like the Chiefs were perfect the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Maybe talk to Arrowhead Pride. Wow, give the Eagles some credit. I agree. agree. Uh, So, uh, okay, that takes us to Monday Night Football. Uh, One sentence, Stephen, on the Chicago Bears visiting the Minnesota Vikings as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm back in on Justin Fields. Go Bears. (laughs) No one uses their zaps except me. Oh, it's, um, a, it's a week of zap. I mean. <laughs> uh, Vikings three and a half. Um, I'm kind of with Steven. 